Well, good morning. For the past 32 weekends, we've been walking through this Gospel of Matthew, which was written primarily for a Jewish audience about 40 years after Christ died. One of the primary purposes was to convince Jews that Jesus of Nazareth was the promised Messiah of the Hebrew Scriptures. So as we near the end of the liturgical year, we're given this Gospel passage was largely written to address a concern of those times, namely a realization that Jesus was not coming back anytime soon. For twice in Matthew, we hear Jesus himself declaring that his generation would not pass before the coming of the Son of Man. But as the years went by, with no sign of the second coming, the authors wrote passages and parables in order to remind Christians that No one knows the time nor the place in which Christ will return. And thus, we always need to be prepared. Biblical scholars tell us that this parable of the ten virgins was likely cobbled together from material from Mark's Gospels and other sources, and then somewhat edited later. Rooted in a foundation of the then-current Jewish wedding rituals, it's enriched with a number of metaphorical images all meant to to drive home the message of always being prepared, which is a gospel theme we'll hear quite a bit between now and Christmas. But what does that mean to you and me? And what does being prepared look like? And tapping into one of today's gospel metaphors, what is the oil that we need to be placing into our lamps? So to answer that, I think we first need to shift our focus away from the fear of what is to come and when it will happen. It's said that about 98% of our thought process is either reprocessing the past or endlessly worrying about the future, even though Jesus warned his disciples not to do so. For when we focus on this fear-based theology, we too often forget that the kingdom of God is here and now. And that we're called to fill our lamps by participating in all of it, thus bringing to life the current presence of the Christ. And we do this by being awake and alert to the Christ who meets us in our daily lives in so many ways. Whether it's holding your grandchild for the first time or sitting by a dying parent or friend, perhaps the beauty of a sunset over an ocean or simply gazing into the face of a loved one. All these and more are occurrences of the Christ. But do we pause to recognize and embrace those moments? Or are we asleep and too preoccupied and we miss them? Next, we have to look within, keeping in mind that our spiritual life is not a competition of who gets in and who doesn't. For unlike the parable, none of us are all wise, And none of us are always the fool, for we're both weed and wheat. No one's perfect. Only God is perfect. Rather, we need to work on our transforming our weaknesses and our foolishness by examining in in each of us what part of our lives need to change. To look where we are asleep to God's presence. In the words of the theologian and scientist, Sister Leah DeLeo, For God is the root reality of our lives. God is what we do with our lives. We're called to participate in the very acting out of the life of God.
Or in other words, to be more of God. Thus we need to stop trying to placate God and instead allow ourselves to be held by God. I'm not sure why it's so hard for us to believe that God has pure and unconditional love for each of us. Yet we spend so much of our time placing conditions and restrictions on God's love for us and on others. And when we do that, we go through life with a spirituality focused as if we're just working on a personal evacuation plan for the next life. Just seeking the answer to the question, what do I need to do for me to get into heaven? So rather than being focused with fear on what's to come, can we reject, uh, redirect our energies on living a faith-filled life in the present? A life that allows us to recognize the inner presence of God in each of our lives, even when we find ourselves in personal crisis, even when there's such suffering in the world as there is in the Ukraine and Palestine and Israel, or the pain experienced with the proliferation of mass shootings in this country. And instead of fear or retribution, can we respond with forgiveness and love? For when love touches suffering, suffering turns love into mercy, where God's presence is made known to everyone without measure, without exception, and without regret. Peace activist Shane Claiborne founding partner of A Simper Way, a faith community in the inner city of Philly, which helps connect faith communities around the world, wrote this. There's something powerful that happens when we can connect our faith with the pain of the world. When we are concerned not just with going to heaven when we die, but bringing God's kingdom down here. That means figuring out how we can be part of the restoration of the world. So as we look at our neighborhoods, what does it mean for us to pray the Lord's Prayer that God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven? For this is what it means to fill our lamps and to trim our wicks, thus allowing us to burn brightly, stamping out darkness that at times seems way too prevalent in our lives and in our world. So as Jesus tells us so often in the gospel, do not be afraid. Instead, work on being prepared, which has more to do with now versus later, where we are focused on presence and never fear, on love and not hatred, on using our hearts and our souls more than our minds, and how we care for others versus just focusing on ourselves. For we're called to live the gospel message, not focused on end time, but on now time, this time, and if we do, we will be taken to places that we least expect. We will connect with others in ways we never thought were possible. And we will be ever more aware of God's presence in our daily lives. And we will fill our lamps and those of others with an abundance of oil, allowing the light and love of Christ to burn brightly. And finally, when the time comes without knowing the day or the time, after our work in this life is done, we will be called back home, where we will join those who have gone before us, better known as the communion of saints, where we, where we will be more of God, not through any merits we've earned, simply by filling our lamps with God's love and mercy and compassion 
and burning brightly upon all those who come into our life.